TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Book 1.0 The Universe Code. Chapter 10. Point of No Return With a fizzing crackle of sparky electricity, Starhole jerked and shuddered with a shuddering jerk towards the bulky Calaxian cruiser. The massive metal doors of the ship's cargo bay opened wide in preparation for the smaller, sleeker ship's imminent insertion. Aboard Dark Cruiser's vessel, both he and Felicity were totally losing their shit and had begun preparations for what they assumed would be a good old-fashioned pirate-style raid. They sealed what bulkheads the damaged systems allowed, and then propped chairs, bins, and hollocopiers against the rest in a makeshift barricade-making exercise of the kind one might encounter on a sex-center team-building away day. With a hefty thud, the contents of the spaceship, Starhole, not the other one, shifted about as they came to an abrupt stop. The titanoid underbelly of the Type 65 scraped against the puddle-ridden deck in the huge, dripping cargo bay of the unnamed freighter. Giant, simonetic, crocodile-like creatures jogged into the hold in a surprisingly elegant procession and formed a rough semicircle around Starhole's on-ramp. Cayman Skullstein stepped forward and threw the sonic amplifier he'd had specially welded onto his robotic arm just moments earlier, announced in his most official-sounding voice, Still sealed inside the administrative deck, Carl had no access to the exterior speaker array controls located in the communications booth behind the staff canteen and smoking lounge. He had no way to reply, and no choice but to hunker down and stay put in the now slightly awkward atmosphere that floated around between him and Felicity like a socially anxious Vexian jellyhopper. The next few moments would be critical, perhaps the most critical of his current adventure. Mighty kind of him, Felicity said, her comment practically swimming in sarcasm. Computer, is he right? He's not wrong. Seems to have drawn in by an outgoing signal coming from inside Starhole. Answered the anachronistically accented automaton. What signal? Barked the space pirate and four-time under-15's Brazzle stick-fighting league champion. Phil nervously fiddled with the secret pocket in her lovely jacket before realizing this was probably a massive giveaway and thrust her hands deep into her regular, non-secret pockets. Luckily for her, Carl was completely unaware of this small gesture. Before the computer could answer, there was a huge loud bang, which might even be described as a boom, or by the more sensitively eared as a wham or kaboom. The hollow lamps flickered, spluttered, and then went out completely. From inside the ship's hull, our heroes could just make out the growling voice of Cayman reverberating through the big hangar bay. Do not be alarmed. We have simply powered down all non-essential systems and diverted the power to our engines. That should give us enough thrust to make it out of the 
12 hours, moaned Felicity annoyingly. We need to stay alert. I think Cayman's on the level, but a few of those nutgels on his crew might try to sneak in here and mess us up. You should rest. I'll take the first watch. No, no, no. You go ahead. You haven't slept since our little dalliance with that bird cannon. As much as he didn't want to think about it, she was right. He was completely knackered. Even a fearless, go-getting man of action like Carl Darkcruiser needed to hit the hay every few solar days. The survival training he'd gained from cycles of watching Desert Planet Survivor with famous hard bastard Rick Rock kicked into high gear, and he instantly began assessing his surroundings for potential makeshift shelter options. After a few moments of intense eye swiveling, he located a stack of disused maintenance reports, which had been printed on soft sheets of safety ream, complete with rounded corners and chemically treated edges, which prevented both jamming during the printing process and also significantly reduced the risk of paper cuts. Carl removed each of the reports from their protective plastic housing and began to crumple and ball the sheets into a crude nest-like structure. Then, with the speed and efficiency of a quellish cave squirrel, he jammed the scrunched-up mass into the alcove of the nearby multi-purpose communal workstation, forming a cozy den into which he burrowed with none of the speed and efficiency of a quellish cave squirrel. Within a matter of minutes, Dark Cruiser's patented relaxation technique was operating at maximum capacity, and the roguish pirate's breathing had become seriously regulated. As he felt the space around him drift away, he was distantly aware of a blurred shape moving about the cabin. He watched in a daze, as the vaguely human form faded beneath the obscuring darkness of his encroaching eyelids, their downward journey from open to closed very nearly at its satisfyingly predictable conclusion. With the ship spinning around him, Carl fell into a fitful, disturbed sleep. He felt the ice-cold jab of a Calaxian spike spitter threatening to pierce the fleshy mantle of his soft neck meat, and awoke with the kind of cool response to pressure that had made him moderately well-known throughout the systems. The deep growl and hot breath of the unidentified alien echoed around Carl's newly conscious brain, and the cold, sticky drip of reptilian dribble rhythmically plunking onto the fortunately white-clean plasteel flooring sounded to him like slow, regular gunfire. Without moving a muscle, except for the mouth, jaw, and tongue ones he needed to speak, Carl muttered, oh, Good morning, sunshine. Although I commend you on the structural integrity and innovative nature of your nest's construction, I would advise you not to refer to me in such a manner again, grumbled the grumbly crocodile. Legs akimbo, Carl detached himself from his underdesk dwelling and awkwardly stumbled to his feet. It was at that moment that he realized Felicity was nowhere to be seen. Where the hell's has she gotten to? He barely had time to finish the thought before the pointy end of the Calaxian spike spitter was jabbed lightly into the small of his sweaty back. Move, human. Cayman demands your presence. But it's not even my birthday, snapped Carl. As soon as the words had left his heavily stubbled lips, he felt an immediate and overwhelming sense of shame. He was better than that and he knew it. The Calaxian disarmed him of his phase blaster and shoved him along. As he was led at spike point through the corridors of Starhall, he scanned the environment for any signs of the missing Felicity. He saw none. 
Along the way, he made several crude jokes relating to the phallic nature of the weapon pressed into his back, hoping that his bawdy gags would elicit Phobos's telltale immature giggle from a nearby storage compartment or around the back of a bin. But there was nothing. He was alone, and he would have to face whatever was waiting for him at the end of this long walk without her. Not that he cared, of course. Not a problem for a famously solo lone wolf like Carl Darkcruiser. The automatic doors at the top of the lower deck on-ramp opened automatically, and Carl's left boot, and by extension his foot, touched down onto the non-slip matting that covered the extendable gradient. Cruzy, my, my boy, came a boomingly familiar voice from the darkness of the docking bay. But beneath the boom, Dark Cruiser thought he detected a slight nervousness, a minor tremble quickly developing into a full-on wobble. A glint of awareness slid along the metal edge of his razor-sharp senses, and his cyber toes involuntarily clenched. Something was up. May I extend to you my, my most sincere apologies for the inconvenience visited upon your person at this time, continued Cayman. And on behalf of the Galaxian Empire, allow me to say, RUN MY BOY RUN! There was a blinding flash of hot purple light as the disruptor beam split Cayman Skullstein's face in two, showering the waterlogged deck with scorched brain matter and sparking cybernetics. Carl felt the spiky tip of the spike spitter press harder into his increasingly sweaty back and cursed his past self for not removing his cardigan when he'd had the chance. Also, he was shocked because of the horrific murder. Don't even think about it, soft skin, growled the Calaxian warrior at his back. Over the smoking remains of the once proud and honorable Skullstein stepped a figure in a gold-trimmed holographic nylon robe haphazardly cinched at the waist by a glittering wicker belt. Greetings, Captain, said an obviously evil intern, Ricky. What have you done? Only what any true Colossian warrior would do. Cayman was weak, and the mighty price on your head will keep me and my crew in top of the range water features for decades. The assembled crew let out a deafening roar and held their weapons high in the air. Where's Fern? Ah, yes. I congratulate you on your taste in female human. She was delicious. (laughs) Ricky laughed, a bellowing and again obviously evil laugh. Here, we saved some for you. (laughs) The monstrous monster threw a very neatly folded seasoned weed package across the damp hangar bay. It landed at Dark Cruiser's feet and its horrific contacts broke loose of their wrapping. Carl looked down and saw a large but elegantly feminine human hand severed at the wrist, lying on a bed of roasted onions and fennel topped with a generous hulping of finely chopped dill. There was no doubt to whom the hand had previously belonged, because it was absolutely massive. Carl stood shaking in mortified silence as the true horror of the situation threatened to render him dumbfounded and useless. The Calaxians roared with laughter and pounded the deck with their tails in a gruesome celebration. In turn, Ricky held his robotic claw high and commanded, Take him to the brig and set course for the cult homeworld. The elders will be pleased. Yes, sir, interlining Captain Ricky, replied Carl's captor and began to march the space pirate down the ramp of his own ship, kicking the hand aside as he did so. That was it. 
Carl snapped out of his horrified stupor and flipped into action mode. In the blink of an eye, he dropped to his knees. Landing with an unhealthy-sounding crack, he whipped off a section of non-slip matting with the speed and flair of a children's party magician attempting the classic tablecloth maneuver. The hulking mass of his alien captor lost his footing and came tumbling down the ramp with comedic velocity, landing tail first on his own spike splitter in a scene that was as deadly as it was hilarious. The mutinous crew of the former acting assistant general Cayman Skullstein opened fire at Carl's face with everything they had. Phase blasters, spikes, and smooth stones extracted from nearby fountains ricocheted around the hangar and whizzed past Carl's extensively pierced ears as he initiated a tactical backwards roly-poly and dove back through Starhall's airlock. With his now extremely sweaty back pressed against the ship's interior wall, the cardigan really had been a very poor choice. He instinctively reached for his phase blaster, completely forgetting that the Kalaxian had nabbed it. He punched the reseal activation console, which was uncharacteristically located next to the automatic doors. Computer, status! He screamed. All systems fully functional, Captain. Came the distinctively neutrally accented reply. So Cayman was as good as his word. He even reset the computer's vocal processor. He thought sadly, while legging it towards the cockpit. Cycle engines up to full capacity! At your command. The sound of las cutters beginning to burn their way through the ship's hull wafted down the long, empty corridors and into the cockpit. Carl frantically poked at the computer screen in front of him, assessing the various gauges, dials, and system displays in order to calculate the correct escape velocity to break free of the freighter's tractor beam range and out into open space. It was not good news. The screeching roar of the las cutters grew louder as the Kalaxians came ever closer to rupturing Starhole's hull. Suddenly, an idea leapt forth into the deep end of Carl's mind and splashed down with the confident form of the kind of dangerous, reckless, outside-of-the-box thinking that defined Brand Dark Cruiser. Carl, old boy, this might be your craziest scheme yet. Get ready to bounce to Uberspace, he barked. Warning. Crossing into uberspace in an enclosed space may lead to total structural disintegration and massive explosions. Yeah, I'm counting on it. Begin bounce, he said with a sly smirk. He glanced to the passenger seat beside him, bracing himself for Felicity's inevitable sassy comeback. The empty synth leather seat stared back at him indifferently. Only the massive amounts of red hairs all over the chair gave any indication that she was ever there. Wait, scan both ships for human life forms. Please wait. Scanning. 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 Come on, come on. Carl nervously glanced over his big shoulder and saw the glowing light of the las cutters getting brighter and brighter at the far end of the corridor. They were dangerously close now. Scanning. Scan complete. One partially cybernetic human male detected. So those monsters really did it. The silent darkness of space was shattered by a light so intense it was almost audible. In a single great synesthesiastic explosion, Starhole broke free of the freighter, trailing behind her an infinite jet of searing luminescence that rang with the deafening crack of a million stars breaking their cosmic backs as the very fabric of reality warped around them and instantaneously bifurcated the Kalaxian ship amidst the pervasive aroma of boiling plasma cartridges and piss. 
Starhole sped away at nearly double the speed of light as the nefarious intern Ricky and his dastardly crew were vaporized. Inside the cockpit, Carl felt his fingers elongate around him as the air turned thick with the taste of velvet and thin with the touch of ultramarine. With a great effort, he turned his kaleidoscopic head, emitting a deep leathery note as he did so. The hair-covered seat next to him was no longer empty, as the oscillating forms of Dank Starhol, Cayman Skullstein, and Felicity Phobos flickered in and out of existence in juddering streams of light that were the color of time. There was no way to be sure in the neurologically unstable environment of an uber-space bounce, but Carl Dark Cruiser thought he felt a burning tear run hot down his face. He wiped it away and punched in a course for the fateful Vellum Cluster. He was now the most dangerous man in the galaxy. A man with nothing left to lose. The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Carl Dark Cruiser was played by T.L. Dawnstar. Felicity Phobos was played by Theodora C. Sinclair. And the ship's computer was played by Tess Sanders. Get in touch via electronic mail using the address tldawnstar at gmail.com or via Twitter at tl underscore dawnstar. Next chapter, The Library at Galaxy's Edge.